You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Well, folks, we are now at the tail end of 2019. It has been quite a year here at Bride Ministries. We have put together the foundation for the DID Coach Mentorship Program, which is going to launch in January of next year. For those of you that are going to be participating in that, uh, it is going to be very exciting because we want to expand the amount of able-bodied helpers that there are to meet the needs of those that are overcoming backgrounds of satanic ritual abuse, government-sponsored mind control agendas, various types of trauma, and those that need enhanced deliverance. You know, God has blessed us so much, and um, this year we have expanded our toolbox here at Bride Ministries in, 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 in our pursuit to help you guys with a new book called Advanced Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth. And uh, I'll tell you what, even with the release of this book, which, which truly should be in the hands of every targeted individual on the planet, um, we are continuing to develop new tools and walk into uh, expanded revelation on the ways the enemy is working. Will there ever be a third version of prayers that shake heaven and earth? Yeah, most likely, because we are still getting downloads and new prayer templates all the time. And some of you that have been to the uh, recent Bride Ministries Church services uh, got to experience another new template that helps us deal with artificial intelligence bondage. Now, Uh, Here at Bride Ministries, the thing is, we are more interested in the heart of God for the healing and breakthrough of his people than in the power of religion to hold people in a state that, while is uh, within the paradigm of what the church at large accepts, also becomes a frame in a box by which people are held in a state of captivity to problems that they do not have definitions for. And uh, we, we are just so much more interested in seeing God move, <laughs> plain and simple. So um, we want to thank you for those of you that continue to support us financially, you guys that have sown into Bride Ministries uh, with your money, with your prayers. And, and, and even with your endorsement, telling your friends and family about us, you have really empowered us to move forward. And as it is the end of the year, I want to encourage those of you that are supporting us, Bride Ministries as a 508C1A organization. We are actually not a 501C3 ministry any longer. We are a 508C1A church, which means we are a free church, and by sowing into us, um, you are actually sowing into an organization that is not restrained in our freedom of speech through agreements with the government. Now, I um, know that for some of you, <laughs> it really doesn't matter either way. But for others of you, uh, it actually matters a lot. So just know that. And also, 
know that uh, going into next year, things are going to continue to ramp up. We are believing God at this point actively for land. We are believing God for land on which to build survivor housing. We want to get into the ministry of transitional housing for those that are escaping different types of abuse, uh, including sex slave trade abuse, but really extending into cult abuse and satanic ritual abuse and those trying to get out of these situations. And um, for years now, I've had people approaching me asking if we have some kind of resource like this available because, well, guess what? We, we've become, at Bride Ministries, a bit of a, 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 a name in this niche of ministry. And, and, and our platform has expanded. And now people are looking at us uh, and, and asking, you know, well, because you guys are becoming more widely known, do you have this? And do you have that? And, and, and the answer is not yet. But um, we are believing God for divine appointments, divine connections, people that um, are literally going to stand up and partner with us to make this happen. We have been saving here at Bride Ministries. We've been saving up. And uh, we've been moving towards being able to buy land, but uh, we will also receive it as a gift. Um, and so with that said, you know, just Pray for us uh, and, and, and spread the word. You know, Bride Ministries is moving in this direction going into 2020. Having said all of that, I am going to get right to the program. Guys, thank you for your support. Thank you for all that you do. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Well, folks, we are back on Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall, and I'm Dan Duvall. I have with me today my friend Adam Thompson. Now, uh, Adam Thompson has been really good to me because he has actually written endorsements on both of my books, Prayers and Advanced Prayers that Shake Heaven and Earth, um, but he has a remarkable grace to interpret dreams to move in the word of knowledge, demonstrate the prophetic. He uh, flows in supernatural signs and manifestations and desires to see Jesus magnified through the moving of the Holy Spirit. He is the co-author of the best-selling books. Some of you own it. The Divinity Code to Understanding Your Dreams and Visions and has written a new book called The Elijah Invitation. We're going to be talking about some of the themes in that book today. His website is voiceoffireministries.org. Adam, welcome back to Discovering Truth. Hi, Dan. How are you? Well, it's good to have you back, my friend. Yeah. I am doing okay. Good. It's great to be back. Wonderful. Well, hey, you know, Adam, um, we're just going to get right to it. You have written a book that has taken you out of your comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> it has. But, yeah, pretty um, much. You know, and, and, and I want to talk about it because I love making people uncomfortable with the truth. Mm. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and, and, and the fact of the matter is um, there are some uncomfortable truths in the world right now and, and it needs to be talked about. Mm. You have 
uh, address some issues in this book, uh, The Elijah Invitation, and touching on artificial intelligence, Islam, and, and, and bringing that into a conversation around a coming uh, revival in the earth. And so I, I want to um, open up with this question. I, wa I want you to tell us about how God brought your attention to the threats surrounding artificial intelligence, its development, and why you are writing about it. Okay. Well, um, uh, as you know that I have the ability to interpret dreams. I had a visitation from the Lord in 1998. And uh, through the encounter and through praying in tongues for many years, I, I started to understand the mysteries of dreams and visions. It's like another language. Uh, and Jesus taught in parables to, uh, to his disciples and he taught in parables to the multitudes. But he said something interesting. He said, he said in Mark 4, he said, for those on the outside, I speak to them in parables. But for, to you, he said to the disciples, I reveal the mysteries of the kingdom. So what that means is that uh, there's another language there and God deliberately makes it another language and makes it a mystery so that we can search him out and become intimate with him. And that's uh, the whole idea, I believe, of the kingdom is God wants us to be intimate with him and he will reveal the mysteries. Like John the Apostle, he was the most intimate disciple back then and uh, the Lord revealed revelation and spoke to him in a Veil the mysteries uh, of the end times, and uh, with me, I, you know, uh, I, I've had, I have a lot of encounters, and in the early days, I've had encounters. I don't understand what they mean, uh, but the Lord has unveiled some stuff, and uh, in the latter years, and it all started though when I, ha when it comes to the Elijah invitation, when it comes to uh, what is happening right now with artificial intelligence and. And what's happening with the world is the increase of knowledge is rapidly, you know, um, is, is, is going at a fast rate. I had a dream encounter when I was a, a young child. I didn't, really didn't know what it meant of these bodies that were preserved. Now, I wouldn't say frozen, but these bodies that were preserved. And um, they, uh, this technology, they uh, actually brought these dead people back to life. And they had, um, they had the ability to, uh, you know, talk normal and be normal. And they denied the existence of God. And uh, what it turned out to be after I found out that the Lord revealed to me in this, in this encounter that, that there's technology today, and it's been around for years, but there's technology called cry, cry, um genetics which actually freezes bodies and people who are dead and very wealthy people pay money for their bodies to be frozen and to be brought and they're expecting to be brought back to life now that seems like a bit over the top and uh, it seems impossible right now but however uh, the lord showed me there's going to be some kind of technology to make this happen like a kind of a frankenstein type of situation and when we see these frankenstein movies in the past and you know, it's kind of not far from the truth of what is, uh, what, what can happen down the track with technology. Now, I don't want to spook anybody out, but I actually had this uh, dream encounter that they, they denied, they came back to life and they denied uh, the deity of God. They denied uh, the existence of God. And what happened is that uh, the Lord showed me that these people, through technology, somehow took on these spirits, these unclean spirits, that, and, and 
and demon spirits can imitate the dead. They can, they're familiar spirits. And they were imitating these dead people that were actually attached to these people when they were alive uh, as you know, on earth. And they were imitating these dead people. And it was a mixture of that and technology. God revealed that to me. And it's going to bring a real deception. It's going to bring a real challenge to the, the body of Christ. And God showed me that. And, and as time went on um, in this in, in, in other encounters I've had, uh, I have had other encounters seeing visions of these uh, humans that weren't humans. They were actually um, uh, androids. And I saw them marrying people. And uh, so it's pretty out there. I've, I've, I've explained this to uh, some other believers and they're looking at me like my cheese licked off my cracker. But uh, I, saw, I saw these things happen. <laughs> you're, just, you're talking to the wrong believers, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> that, but, but, go ahead. Yeah, so, so the Lord was showing me that this is a big deception that's coming through technology. Now, look, technology is great. It has, it has, has a lot of bonuses out of it and there's a lot of, uh, good things that have come out of it. I mean, we're 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 being blessed with a lot of uh, the goodness of technology, but it's becoming so advanced and it's rapidly increasing. Where the antichrist, and I really believe there's an antichrist spirit around. We all know that, but the antichrist is going to use it as a platform uh, to deceive many. And this is what I saw. But now this is this whole book that I've written and these encounters are not to scare the pants off everybody and they're going to run to the hills and buy tin food and, uh, and, and freak out. It's not, I'm not that type of prophet of, you know, end times, you know, futurist prophet that scares everybody and they, you know, they sell up everything, quit their job. It's not about that. It's just to bring awareness. So the body of Christ, can, there's, there's going to be a new breed rising and it's going to move in supernatural power and it's going to tap into the supernatural intelligence rather than artificial intelligence. And, uh, and it's going to actually, uh, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a contest. It's all going to come to critical mass where they're no longer a waver, going to waver between two opinions uh, when it comes to uh, what's happening with planet Earth, with the postmodernism, and uh, with, with, with this whole new world order that's coming. Well, look, the fact of the matter is, uh, in the book of Revelation, it is one of the things that I, I, I come back to periodically. You know, it's just, the idea that the beast gives life, breath yeah. to the image yeah. of the first beast, which comes out of the sea. I believe that the image of the beast is probably artificial technology. I and I and I and I see that as you know existing as life, mm. um, with sentience, meaning self awareness, emotional yeah. capacity, and. Yeah the other divining factors that help us to determine what is human from what is not. And, um, well, the, the technology is driving towards that. And so look, um, cryogenics, uh, cloning, uh, th th these are normal, normal vocabulary words over here, Adam. So we, we're <laughs> right there with you. That's now, good. um, one of the things that, you know, I, I, I spend a lot of time talking about, more recently is uh, the subject of exposing Kabbalah. And we're going to keep talking about it because eventually I'm going to have a whole book on that subject. And one of the, the, the principles of, of Kabbalah, which comes out of Jewish mysticism, is that there is a, 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 an agenda to repair what they call the worlds. 
and to bring mankind to a state of redemption through technology. And so in that system of spirituality, which has produced the modern day, what we call new age, there is an absolute tethering to uh, the the development of technology such as artificial intelligence as well as yeah. biophysics biochemistry the hacking of life in general so that we yeah. can drive things but you in your book bring a whole other side right to this conversation i have not been having my podcast which is which is connect making connections to islam and so i want to let you talk about that and uh, yeah. uh what is the connection you discovered between the development of artificial intelligence and the Islamic world? Okay. So um, when you mention about Israel, I mean, you know, the Islamic world is always, you know, obviously has a problem with, is, with, with is Israel. And there's always that competition and challenge uh, between the both of both of them uh, to religions and, and, also with the nation of Saudi Arabia and other nations when it comes to Israel. Um, but I really believe that uh, Saudi Arabia is the, uh, the new Babylon in, in the last probably 10 years or so. It's been the Babylon uh, of this world and they're, they're the ones that are actually uh, uh, are the major, is a major, the, king, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia is, is a whole nation of trade, especially with oil. And uh, they, the, the nations depend on, uh, on, on the oil of, of Saudi Arabia for years. And it mentions in Revelations about the whore of Babylon and the nations are drunk from her wine. And I really believe that that's quite significant. And there was a time in, in a physical location was Iraq was Babylon when it comes to the geography of it. But I really believe that Saudi Arabia today is the, is the modern Babylon and the nations are dependent on her, right? And um, so what's happening now, there's actually a change happening with oil, uh, especially when it comes to um, uh, with Tesla and um, uh, with, with changing the whole uh, technology with, from oil to electric cars. And I really believe there's a, there's a transition happening with Saudi Arabia where they're investing their oil money now into technology. They are doing that. And with, the, uh, with that Android I mentioned in, in, in my book about uh, a company in Hong Kong uh, that produces Androids and they're very, very lifelike. They can, uh, they can have something like 4,000 facial expressions. And this is today, this happened in about 2016, where they, this, this, this Android called Sophia, and she's been updated several times. There's also other Androids that they've invested into. But Sophia has about 4,000 facial expressions, but also not only she's becoming aware uh, when it comes to, she's, she's aware with the technology, she becomes self-aware, but also she becomes emotionally aware. All right, it's, it's they've created where she becomes emotionally aware with humans, and uh, back in 2017, I think it was, is where she went to Saudi Arabia. Hanson Robots, uh, which Hanson Robotics, it's called from Hong Kong, is a company that went to Saudi Arabia, and they've invested into this company. They're investing into uh, into AI, artificial intelligence, and what happened was that uh, Sophia 
when when she was talking, she gave a speech. It's actually on YouTube. You can find it. And she basically uh, uh, was asking for investors. But then uh, Saudi Arabia made her the first android to be a, a citizen of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So they're really um, a lot of these uh, wealthy businessmen and, and the government of, of Saudi Arabia, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, are, is investing into technologies, changing the changing their investments because uh, this is happening in a, in a in, in a large scale with other nations. Even even just recently, when the, uh, there was an attack uh, with these little artificial androids that look like bugs, uh, there was an attack uh, against uh, against the superpowers. There was, I think, it was a, a an Islamic group in Yemen. I think it was released these uh, uh, these little little bugs, which were artificial you know, bugs that actually had the ability to take out um, take out the superpowers. And uh, this is actually happening. And I think in Saudi Arabia, and I, I know I know that Saudi Arabia is investing into this. And Saudi Arabia is the heart and is the mecca of Islam. And uh, and I really believe that the Antichrist uh, is going to be the Mahdi, which is through um, uh, through Islam, is the Messiah of Islam, and it's going to go. It's going to use the, the platform of artificial intelligence uh, to actually take uh, control and create a matrix of this world to influence people into this um, into this ideology, and uh, which is based on the Mosaic Law, but there's a missing ingredient. It's very similar to. You know, it has a similar principles when it comes to, to to Israel, similar principles to Christianity when it comes to the Old Testament, but there's a missing ingredient, which is Christ. So it's a real deception. And when it talks about in Revelation that uh, uh, the Antichrist is going to have people uh, worship him and, uh, and it becomes like a religion, well, uh, I do believe it's actually Islam and the Lord has revealed that to me. Interesting. Um, now, uh, I want to talk a little bit about something that I did find really interesting when I looked at your book, and that was the development of, um, well, the relationship between the Bush family and the House of Saud. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which is interesting that um, uh, George Bush there's you can you can google it and or even look at it on uh, youtube where george bush uh, it's really interesting after september 11th when the the terrorists islamic terrorists extremists attack america in new york you know it was something like several years later um i think it was about two or three years later where george bush was saying islam is not a religion of peace sorry excuse me islam is is a religion of peace right right, right? And um, he's making these statements that Islam is a religion of peace. And, um, uh, and people go, what? You know? Now, let, don't get me wrong. Is the Muslims are beautiful people, right? Uh, and a lot of them, and I know some of them, and they're actually lovely people. It's the ideology, ideology of Islam. It's, the, it's, it's actually the teaching of Islam and the religion behind it is, is the thing that's quite demonic and misleads. Uh, multitude and um, uh, so you know there are 
there are extremists trying to actually uh, trying to destroy uh, the West and trying to take it out with force and violence. But eventually, with immigration and with the whole, uh, uh, when it comes to you know, the immigration laws that are changing today, a lot of Islam, uh, a lot of Muslims, I should say, are coming into Western nations and, and actually having influence and buying up and, 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 and actually the West is bowing the knee to that because a lot of the Western nations are buckling financially. And a lot of the, is, uh, the Islamic communities are actually buying their way into it. And with their, um, when it comes to uh, the fertility rate of Islam, it's, it's, it's actually going to change the culture. All right. So getting back to George Bush, he's kind of, you know, because, he's, because of uh, Islam uh, through Saudi Arabia uh, have invested, right, a lot of Islamic people through Saudi Arabia have invested into George Bush's father's company. Uh, he has a company uh, is actually um, uh, George Bush senior when he was alive, he was, he had great investments in the oil and uh, his, uh, his son, uh, George junior was also involved with it. And what happened was that uh, uh, the uh, Saudi Arabians um, were investing into this company, into these companies that George Bush Sr. had. And there was a lot of influence there with George Bush Sr. And, he, and when, it came to, when it came to taking over Iraq and it, and it comes to uh, you know, invading Iraq, a lot of it had to do with the oil and, and George Bush's investment into oil. And that's actually a proven fact. Well, um, and here's the thing, right? Bush family, we know, is Illuminati. Right? Yeah. And um, they're ma massive puppet masters. Now, interesting thing about this, and this just needs to be pointed out. First of all, Prescott Bush was, I mean, you could basically uh, just nail him to the wall for being a total criminal, okay? And his, his rap sheet is, is really bad, yet he got away with it, and somehow his son, George yeah. Bush becomes president and his son, George Bush Jr., becomes president as well. And strangely enough, um, the United States dollar has been off the gold standard for a long time. But at a certain point, when we wanted to stabilize our currency, we moved to something called the petrodollar, right? Yeah. Which means that our dollar is actually tied to oil, meaning that if the oil stopped being a major uh, you know, energy source throughout the world, the U.S. economy would collapse. And so oil has to be part of the thing. That's, you know, people have asked, why are so many technologies and their developments being suppressed? Um, well, you know, we tied our whole economy to the thing. But who sits at the top of that pyramid? Well, those who are making the most money off of the oil companies, which happens to be the Bush family with all of their ties to Saudi Arabia. So why do they keep writing these contracts? Like, so it's, it's, and then we have what? three presidencies with these guys. And during that time, you know, we have 9-11 happening, which is a whole other thing involving Dick Cheney. Now, I'm just going to say those names because this is all public record. And uh, most of you that are listening to me rant um, should not be surprised yeah. by any of this. Yeah. But um, yeah, so, so you end up with Saudi Arabia being roped into this whole massive thing. And what are they investing in? Interestingly enough, artificial intelligence. So- mm. 
Mm. And look, the whole, you know, a lot of the nations are, uh, are really uh, giving into Saudi Arabia and the oil's been running the world for so many years, you know, and a lot of people depending on it. And Saudi Arabia is the hub of it. George Bush had a senior, had a lot of investments in, in, in oil. And, and, you know, I was speaking to before he passed away, and this is something I wasn't meaning to talk about, was now he had some issues and I had some time with him before he passed away. He was, a, he, you know, was Paul Kane the prophet. And it was last year. And this is uh, right before he passed. He, the day before he went to hospital, I was with him, right? Uh, and he told me how he showed me pictures of him uh, ministering to Saddam Hussein. Now, I'm not saying Saddam Hussein is a, is a good guy. He's a dictator. And the dictators were there to, to in a way, police the region because once the dictators remo were removed, that's when ISIS started to uh, rise up because it, was the, it would de de destable the whole area. But getting back to uh, Paul Kane, when I spoke to Paul Kane, he said that, um, that a lot of Christians were surrounding Saddam Hussein because, and he said to him, well, how come you've got a lot of Christians around here? Because he said, they're the only ones you can trust, right? And he said that, um, that Saddam Hussein, even though, even though he was a dictator, he wasn't as bad as what people, the media made him out to be. And it had a lot to do with oil and George Bush coming in to take out the, uh, the to have some reason for it, uh, to take out, um, you know, this, this evil regime, which, you know, I'm not saying it's not evil because a dictator is a dictator. But there was another agenda with that through um, uh, through America was was oil, and um, yeah, it's so, all about oil. Yeah, and uh, and Paul Kane in his last days, you know, before he prayed for me, there was an impartation. He said to me that you know it was it was quite demonic what happened where Americans came in, and uh, and it had a had a, an underlining agenda to it rather than trying to be the good guys now look i love america god bless america but a lot of it's political when it comes to oil but things are changing now and i really believe in the next uh 20 years from now oil is not even going to be valuable right i really believe that technology and it's happening now you get these young guys who are in their 20s they're brilliant billionaires because they're making money on technology you know, and rather than seeing these old men, or I should say, senior men who are billionaires because they made their money in a long, in a long term of their life, but these young men are becoming billionaires quickly because there's so much value. There's so much value in technology right now, and Saudi Arabia are waking up and they're changing. They're they're going for a transition. They're changing their investments fully in artificial intelligence. And I know that Israel is doing the same thing, and China is doing it in a massive way. But the, what the Lord has shown me in these encounters and these visions is that the Antichrist is going to take advantage of this. And I really believe the Antichrist is attached to Islam. And it's going to, it's not through terrorism. It's going to be through uh, immigration, the multitude of the name. Muslim talks about the multitude of the name in Revelation 13. But also uh, it's going to be having influence through technology. And it's going to be like the big brother. It's going to be like the matrix where you'd be able to, they will be able to identify who's, who's not coming in line uh, with the uh, Islamic teachings. So anyway. Well, 
In contrast to some of these thoughts, you uh, talk about something called uh, the Elijah Company. And actually, um, in your book, you break it down and you actually talk about Daniel, you talk about Joseph, you talk about Elijah Company, and you talk about these different groups in the kingdom that God is raising up. Why don't you uh, spend a little bit of time unpacking that for us? Okay. All right. Well, as we know in the Old Testament, God, uh, he, he anointed significant prophets. He chose significant prophets like Daniel, um, Elijah, and also, um, you know, uh, Joseph. Uh, these were quite outstanding men that God anointed and they moved in supernatural power and authority. And they had influence over leadership. They had influence over governments, natural governments. Uh, they spoke into the natural uh, governments of, and, and, and its leadership. And I really believe that, um, you know, these old-time prophets in the, in the Old Testament, they are prototypes uh, of what the body of Christ is going to look like with different flavors. All right? I really believe that um, uh, the church is not going to look like what it looks today uh, mm. in the future. It's going to be completely different. Mm. Okay, so... Um, uh, you know, the days of, I mean, look, there's a lot of people who are saved. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, and the grace of God, it blows my mind. It's amazing. Right? And, and you, can, you can't accidentally you lose your salvation unless you throw it away and harden your heart. That's why it says guard your heart. All right? So I really believe that that's for the body of Christ. It's a gift. But, uh, but there's a, a lot of believers that are just sitting on their hands with that gift. And they're becoming Sunday Christians. And I was one of them. So I'm not judging because I, I know what it's like. Once upon a time, you live a normal life. And, but I don't know what sure what normal is anymore. But you live a normal life and you go to church on Sundays. And and there's there's been like that for quite some years with, with the Christian faith. But things are going to change so dramatically that you're either going to go, you're either going to step into your calling and move in authority or you're going to wither away. And I actually have a, uh, I had a word through, and I know I keep talking about encounters that I have, but I do, I have encounters all the time. Probably 60% of them, I know what they mean. Some of them I don't know. And I just show them until the Lord reveals it to me. But I had an encounter, a vision of uh, the church splitting. Right? And I call it, uh, I heard the words of a sanctified separation. I want to say the church, the body of Christ, and God's not into, he's not into separation, he's not into divorce, but God is actually allowing this to be a sanctified separation. And in Genesis, the Lord brought me into the scriptures through this encounter of Genesis 13, when Lot and Abraham separated, all right? They had to separate right? uh, for Abraham to go to the promise. And Lot went down and, and pitched his tent next to Sodom, right? He saw what looked good with the natural eye and he took what he looked good with the natural eye. But Abraham went by faith what he saw with his spiritual eye. So he basically, what happened, they separated and Lot went down to Sodom and Abraham went towards the promise, Isaac. Now, even though this happened in the natural, right? Lord, show me that's actually a parable. You know, anything that happens, a lot of incidents that happen and We've got a book called God's Prophetic Symbolism in Everyday Life. Some supernatural or something, sorry, there's some natural things that can happen, which is really unusual and weird from something small in your personal life to something major in a news event. 
there's a prophetic word behind it. You know what I mean? Right. And there's a prophetic word and a prophetic sign. And what happened is in this incident that happened with Abraham and Lot, there's a prophetic sign about the future. The church is coming into a separation. All right. The carnal man, the carnal side of the church is going to go and pitch his tents next to Sodom. Right. And, uh, you know, it's going to be compromising with the world. It's going to come in agreements with all the, the, the perversion and the, you know, when it comes to a lot of the, the stuff that's happening in the world right now, which is messed up, the church is going to bow the knee and agree with it and compromise so it can still get its, um, perhaps still get its um, fundings. Where the other side of it is going to really rise up out of that and go towards the Isaac, which means promise, and the Isaac and the promise is the actual sign for revival as the Lord spoke to Abraham, look up at the skies and saw the the uncountable star, which is a sign of souls coming into the kingdom and generation. So the Lord showed me this, that this is what's happening. All right. This is what's happening. God's raising up a, a, a new breed to actually move in the supernatural, have a, have government authority, the government, when I say government, I mean government authority of the kingdom of heaven, having the authority to be able to govern their heavens onto the earth right, to bring, the, bring a manifestation of, of miracles and, and, and override the natural laws, there's going to be believers moving in this, in this ability and taking up the flavors of Elijah, the Tishbite, calling fire down from heaven, uh, moving in such supernatural power, raising the dead. You know, uh, also, there's going to be Daniels that are actually going to be having such influence, speaking to leaders, unlocking mysteries, bringing down the ruthless Nebuchadnezzars of this age. And so they humble themselves before God and give glory to God, announce that there's no God like the God of the heavens and the earth and the God of Daniel. So this is going to happen. And also with the Josephs, it's actually going to have influence over the natural leaders of this world, interpret dreams, but also have solutions to the problem and bring favor and also have favor, I should say, with governments. And this is going to happen. And I teach in the book of how to walk, not looking for signs and wonders and not, you know, waiting for signs and wonders to happen, but actually be a sign and a wonder. Be a portal with legs where you come into the... See, for me, my, my devotion life is not just task praying. Uh, I mean, we, I believe in task praying. I mean, having a list of things that you ask for. Right. Usually, it's for, usually it's for other people because I get a bit selfish and put things like a Ferrari on the bottom of it or something like that. <laughs> but but when I come into prayer, I actually my my devotional life is meditation. Mm. Right, is is using your creative imagination and wrapping it around the promises of God using your creative imagination to be intimate with your God because God wants us to simulate the kingdom of heaven with our imagination and start wrapping it around the promises of God and, and, and make it become a reality. See it with your spiritual eyes because what we do not see is more real. It's more substance than the natural realm. And once we come into that place and we have that posture in the spirit and we start to come into identity as, as royal priests, then you start to see the natural Adamic laws change. The frequencies of heaven that you tap into start to manifest through you as a portal. Right? You're like a power station. You're like a terminal point 
that brings the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. All right? mm-hmm. So you change atmospheres. Okay. So what, what happened with me? Like I, last time I came home, I went to the markets, my wife and, um, you know, doing the normal thing with my wife and I, a woman looked at me and she started going in convulsions and started shaking. She just looked at me and she hit the ground. It was like, you know, I started, there's like a deliverance. Oh, that's fun. And my wife goes, we just go to the markets. You know, ministry's over. Markets, ministry. <laughs> you know, I just want to live a normal life. <laughs> but, what, but what I'm trying to say is that, is that you carry the kingdom in you. You're, you, you, there's a door standing open at heaven that says in, the, in, in Revelation 4, that was over John. We carry that. It's over us. And we actually change atmospheres when you go into a place that light turns on and the cockroaches scatter. Okay, so when you go into a governmental place, a governmental uh, building, a parliament house, or wherever you are, and you speak to these leaders, the atmosphere changes. And this is actually going to happen more so because it's happened to me before. We, you know, uh, when we were in New Zealand, we 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 ministered to the mayor of the city, and. Uh, they basically, they came to us. We didn't go to them. And uh, we, a lot of favor came upon us. And even now we have favor that can come upon the whole city when we go to that place. And I really believe corporately there's going to be a company rising up. Yes. It's going to move in this realm corporately. The church is going to look more like this. It's going to have authority. And it's going to be, it, it, it's basically the tail wagging the dog, if you know what I mean. It's going to have authority over this, which looks like it's in control. This whole, all these demonic kingdoms that are, you know, demonic nations that are leaders that are actually carrying on and allowing, uh, through political correctness, allowing this corruption to come in. And it comes to, it's coming to a place where we think, Lord, what's going on? You know, this, this is too intimidating for us. It's going to change. It's, it's starting, you're starting to see triggers of it come through Hollywood right now. You're starting to see it happen through the entertainment world where that's nothing what's happening right now. It's going to be greater and it's going to be the in thing to become a Christian. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that, you know, the, the more recent phenomena that's been going on the past couple months, Kanye West and his <laughs> exactly. radical transition to, to Christianity, <laughs> right? And, and, and there are Christians on one side of the fence pointing the finger of accusation saying, oh, this is just a plot. You know, and there are Christians on the other side that are saying, people are getting saved, bro. You know, and um, the fact of the matter is, love them or hate them, here's the thing. Everybody has to say Jesus is king. It's hilarious. Late night talk show hosts, radio MCs. I mean, I love literally. It. People that are showing up at the rituals in the Hollywood cult have to get on TV, talk about Kanye's record, and say Jesus is king. And you know what? To me, I think Jesus is cracking up about what happened there. Even if nothing else, it's, it's like a big laugh. It's, it's like you know, looking Satan in the, in the face and just saying. <laughs> he just did a number on them all. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really funny. And, 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 and look, I mean, I... Uh, it's just I, the beginning. I, I, I believe what you're saying. And, and I, I mean, that's what I'm telling people. It's just like, look, get ready. Get ready because God, God is not going to keep his people camped on the sidelines 
Mm-hmm. There's going to be people. And, and this is where we're going because, you know, Adam, here you are, you're talking about artificial intelligence. I'm reading the book, right? Not too long ago, we, we, okay, we started a series at Bride Ministries Church talking about artificial intelligence and targeted individuals. And at our ministry, look, people are talking about Sophia from Hanson Technologies. I'm sitting there across from one of my clients and out of the body, literally taking control of the physical body like an entity, is Sophia. And it is a synthetic intelligence. And so, I mean, look, we're getting people set free in the name of Jesus. Our ministry does not stop at classic demonology. It's like, well, that, because the world doesn't stop at classic demonology. You know, one of the things that they're talking about now is the, um, uh, the SWS, the Synthetic World Simulation. And they've been doing this model, running algorithms against the entire population of the world since like 2008, using quantum computers. Moreover, they have technology that allows them to create digital twins of people's souls inside of worlds that are created by computers. Right. It's, it literally is the matrix. And oh, the matrix, there, yeah. there, there's cross traffic. And uh, th- th- look, look, Jesus is bigger than all of it. Right. But if, if we're going to see him move on the level of power, that is like, all right. Releasing people into the full expression of their inheritance in him. We've got some people that talk about it first and then dare to believe that we have the power in Christ to navigate not only the world we wish existed, but the world that actually does exist, which Christians, sometimes they struggle with, Adam. Mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of teaching that, you know, um, you know, that there's this religious teaching. It's kind of, kind of sort of deflates Christians to think that, you know, well, one day this is all going to, one day I'm going to, you know, go to heaven and, you know, and, well, heaven's here. The kingdom's inside of you. Come on. And uh, and what happens is when we speak and we speak out of the, uh, when we unlock mysteries, the atmosphere changes. Revelation, it's like a to me, it's like a woman who's conceived, a married woman who's conceived. Revelation's like conception. You know, when she announces it, the reaction is, is oh my goodness, they're hugging each other, people are celebrate. Where's the baby? Uh, that's faith, really. You know what I mean? And what happens is that uh, if someone announces they're pregnant when they're married, you never hear someone go, oh, you're going to have a miscarriage. You never hear that. It's celebration time. Mm. And what happens is revelation. We're, we're pregnant with the kingdom. Right? God is, uh, it says in Colossians 1, the hope of glory Christ in us. That's the, that's the fruit of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so on and so forth. We have it. We have the seed in us, and one revelation ignites that to bring a manifestation. Once we start walking in the authority of identity, and once we, you know, Jeremiah, the Lord said, "I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb." Mm-hmm. See, the Lord knew us. We existed before we came to earth, and the reality is, once we start to, through revelation, understand the mysteries of the kingdom, what the kingdom has for us. And through the intimacy, the whole point is having the intimacy with the Father and coming into our identity. And once we have that posture and we feel so, um, what, do you, what do you call it? We feel so uh, um, comfortable in that. 
we can actually have the authority where there's a fearless realm we walk in in the natural, which changes things. You can, you know, it's like business as usual when Jesus laid hands on people and the righteousness of God when he laid hands on people, there's no difference when we lay hands on people. When we speak, when we speak, there's a river of revelation comes out and changes atmospheres and unlocks mysteries. It gives solutions to the problems to these, some of these ruthless leaders. And the thing is favor. See, what happens with Daniel and Joseph? They had favor, right? The favored Potiphar and uh, favor in the prison with Joseph. Daniel had favor with the uh, head of the eunuchs in the, in, the, in the palace. Daniel and his friends, they all had favor. And what's happening is the body of Christ is going to such have an anointing and such a, be such an atmosphere-changing anointing that's over their lives. The favor of God is going to be like a favor magnet coming to the, to the, to the body of Christ where we have influence and you start to uh, build relationships with some of, these, uh, some of these leaders who are not with God. But what happens is that it's going to bring such a tsunami of revelation. And like you said, everybody has to say Jesus is king. I mean, this is just the beginning. It's very <laughs> exciting. And I believe the body of Christ is going to look uh, completely different what it looks now, like I said, but it's going to be, it's, it's going to move in such a crazy realm of supernatural intelligence rather than artificial intelligence. It's going to, it's going to usher in such a tsunami. It's going to be, we're never going to see this revival like we've ever seen before when it comes to planet Earth. It's going to be massive. As Bob Jones prophesied it, this is uh, what we're going to see before Christ comes back. And it's going to be normal to be a Christian. Let me ask you this. All right. So um, Donald Trump has been president now for a number of years. And uh, there's been ups and downs. <laughs> prophetically what does the donald trump presidency mean in your opinion look um i i really believe that um uh he's kind of you know he's more than a winston churchill initially he was like that now he's got issues the guy's got we all have issues in our life we all got a past right but, but he's got an anointing on his life where God actually uh, positioned him for the man. He's the man for the hour when he became president. See, it's kind of like when Joseph, he was really a good businessman and he was a good organizer before he actually got the job to be prime minister right, of Egypt. And I believe Trump, all the years of being doing tough-nosed business dealings, you know, uh, you know, I remember seeing some early interviews with him where the mayor, there was some sort of uh, construction that had to be done in New York and it took years and it's just, and he said, I can do it in six months. And he took over and he built it in six months. See, uh, see um, uh, Trump is, 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 a, is a very, very tough businessman. Not only tough, but he's very smart and he's a good negotiator. And he's good at making people sort of come together, gathering people together and actually make them see the vision and make it happen. And I think all those years of Trump going through that, God put his, I really believe God put his spirit on him when it came to the first election and God anointed him. And, you know, he, he calls anybody and he uses anybody to change history. Like Martin Luther, 
know, Martin Luther was a rough diamond as well. I mean, some of the things he says back then, back in that era, is like very foul language today. Right? Some of the things he was saying, he had a very rough, you know, he had a very, very, uh, he was very rough, right? And, but God looked at, you know, I can imagine the father looking at a generation, seeing this really unusual pot that he made. Best one, hmm, that's really unusual. I'm going to put that right in that generation right there to make some changes. And that's what he did with Martin Luther. He was a pit bull, but he turned the world upside down, right? And I believe the same, it's the same with Donald Trump, right? He's a pit bull. Now, he had some basis and foundation of some of Christian uh, teaching and, he, you know, wouldn't say that he was a born-again Christian initially. I don't know, but he didn't seem to be. But God put his spirit on him and he, he's in the right place at the right time and he fears God. And I really believe when he's in, see, it was interesting that King Clement prophesied this, a man during the presidency, when he comes into, the, into being president, the spirit of God coming upon him. All right? And I really believe that he was prophesying uh, this moment right now where, where Trump is actually in this first term for this first season, the spirit of God's coming upon him. And I do believe that Trump is the man for the hour and he's ordained by God. And I really believe that he's going to do a second term. It's pretty obvious that he's going to do the second term. But uh, I really believe he's, he's preparing the way or God is, is anointing him to prepare the way to bring righteousness back and to, to allow the church to flourish and have a greater influence like it did before. I really believe that. And he's giving jobs, but it's not just about the church. He's actually bringing a change to America, bringing it back to his original traditional uh, heritage when it comes to the constitution with, uh, you know, with the Christian men who actually established it. I, um, I, I definitely see Donald Trump's presidency as an interruption on what was otherwise a cascade towards a globalist agenda. Mm. Um, and I, I, I had deep concern over what a Hillary Clinton would mean for the United States. Um, so I, I also want to talk about something else. And Can I just say this? Yes. That I did write my book that Trump, God was putting his finger on the pause button mm. for for this, what this, this world order that was trying to consume planet Earth that was through Hillary Clinton and other leaders. But I did write in the book that, that the Lord used Trump to put his finger on the pause button. So the Lord put his finger on the pause button with the Tower of Babel, right? There was technology back then in Genesis 11. I really believe it was technology. It seemed immature to build a tower to get to, to, get to heaven or to get to... Uh, to God, it seemed kind of immature and unnatural, but obviously there was more to it than that. Why, and, it, and why was God concerned about them building this tower? So the Lord put his finger on the pause button and he confused the languages. And I really do believe, because it was because what's happening is, is back in that time with Genesis 11, uh, with the technology and the, uh, the speed of the uh, unity of men coming together and having this great knowledge, it was, it, was, it was going to jeopardize the redemption plan of God. So God put his finger on this pause button, and it was actually, it made a change 
to the history of the world. And I really believe that God put his finger on the pause button with Trump becoming president when it came to this whole new world order. And that's why there's so much reaction to Trump in the spirit realm. When you see, when you see the, uh, the hatred and the reaction, you go, they still haven't gotten over it. Well, and to me, it's like the spirit realm. There's, there's like an army of demons that are really ticked off because the whole, this whole new world order has been put on hold for God to have his way and to, to bring a, a change to America, but not only to America, but to the world. Well, and, and this is the thing, right? Because we research the occult purpose for the United States of America was to be a new Atlantis. And they really wanted to use it to bring about, to play a key role in bringing about a, a one world order. I mean, so that yeah. in their world is like, okay, so anything that is interrupting that for this nation is like a big problem. Second of all, you know, it's a big telltale sign. When all of the news media goes this way, you have to understand there is something called Project Mockingbird over here in the United States. It's a CIA operation where the CIA tells our news media what to say and how to say it. And if our news media runs something by the CIA help desk and they say no or spin it, they have to do it. And that's because we are being operated by a swamp that is infiltrated every level of government and also our, you know, uh, or other organizations. So, you know, Trump has been elected into the middle of this mess. Of course, his connections extend right into this world. Uh, so he's certainly <laughs> a properly exposed going oh, in. He what he was getting yeah. into, I think, at least to a degree. But um, it, it's just phenomenal to watch the whole thing play out. And uh, yeah. man, does the news media hate him. I mean, oh. they don't give the guy a break. It's like... <laughs> They, it's just, it's, I've never seen anything like it in all my years. And, uh, but, it's, but it's the unseen world is reacting and really, I mean, in a way I kind of love it because you know the enemy and his kingdom is completely ticked off. Uh, I can say that, I guess, on, on this show, ticked off. That's all right. But, um, but let me say this too. Um, I, I really believe those who are, can I just ask those who are listening, uh, I really believe there's, there's a real assignment out to kill Trump. And uh, I mean, as we know, there's, we hear, we see things of, of you know, the witches covens praying against him and stuff like that. But I had a vision and this is the first time I've publicly said this. Uh, I've actually put on my Facebook, um, on my Facebook post, pray for Trump, you know, but I had a vision of somebody inside discreetly poisoning him. Right, and then I saw a knife staring. I'm not sure it's because, like, and the Lord speaks to us in parables, okay? Uh, so when you get these visions, they can be a parable, it's a bit like when uh, Peter the Apostle he, was, he didn't see Gentiles just like this, he saw unclean animals come down. It was, it was kind of in a parable in a symbolic language, and that's how God speaks to us. You know, with a man who was blind, he said, what do you see? I see trees. He opened up his spiritual eyes first. And uh, trees are like people walking around. Trees are people, Psalms chapter one, if you plant them next to a stream. Uh, you know, if you meditate on my word, you're like a tree planted next to a stream. So the blind man saw the tree first. His spiritual eyes opened first, and then he went back and prayed, and then his natural eyes opened up. Mark, 
in the Book of Mark, all right? So, you know, when I saw these visions of a knife stirring the pot, I saw poison. Now, um, whether the knife can represent words, obviously, that's, and we all know that. I mean, the words have been coming against Trump's has been going on for years. But um, uh, I saw, um, I saw this uh, uh, knife stirring this, this fluid, this liquid, and I just see that um, it's an assignment and <clears throat> there was this accusations that kind of come against Trump uh, to set up his death, which is actually a lie regarding his health, but it's actually not his poison. Right? And uh, they're going to, you know, th th but and we need to pray. Now, I'm not putting this in the, but we've got to be careful when we say these things, we're not speaking the airways to put curses on anybody. All right? This is to actually bring life. And this is a warning because warnings are a blessing in disguise because when you get warnings, you can go in the spirit, you can go in the heavenlies. Ephesians 6, you know, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but the principalities of the air, we can go in and reverse things and pray and decree and shut down the plans of hell and, re and release blessings and the anointing of the Holy Ghost invasion on a Trump's health. So uh, I just wanted to say that, if that's okay. Absolutely. So, Father, right now, let's pray for him now. Father, we decree right now over Donald Trump, Lord, there's a Holy Spirit. You're, you're completely enveloping his body physically. We prophesy life over him. We shut the door of any lying spirits, any accusations that trying to set up something that's fake or false. Yeah. We go in the spirit and we shut the door. We come against, Lord, we, we decree right now. In Jesus' name, there's a firewall around Trump protecting him from any pending attacks, anything that might be poisonous. Lord, we decree right now divine protection over this man. And we thank you that he's coming into a place of such wisdom that comes from above as Daniel received the wisdom, even 10 times more than the wisdom of the world. We release that over Trump's mind right now and over his spirit. And we thank you, Lord, that the Donald President Trump is going to bring history and I decree right now, right now that the saints are rising up and America is coming into a place of not being great necessarily in man's eyes, but great in God's eyes. We decree this in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You're going to ask another question? Well, before that, I'll just say this. I, <laughs> I felt the spirit of the Lord on that. And folks, um, if you want to follow up in praying for Donald Trump, you know, we've had a prayer on our website. I call it the Trump prayer. Um, oh, good. And it's been up there good. since um, the first uh, threats of sending witchcraft at him and every waxing and waning moon, which was right at the outset of his presidency. Um, I scribed that prayer and, uh, under assignment and put it up on our website. It's under our prayer resources. And you can use that. Um, in your own time to cover our president and um, because I'll tell you what, th there have been many death threats and attempts even till now and yes. just the way it's been. So we, we need to keep praying for his safety now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Now connected to Donald Trump, right? There, there's, there's what happened over in Australia, right? And, and a lot of Americans, they don't know about Scott Morrison. They don't really understand. Yeah. We don't really. Yeah. <laughs> our news media does not care about Australian politics. I've 
I mean, Washington Post, CNN, no one's talking about Australian politics. So we're a bit ignorant of, you guys get all of our stuff. But um, for that reason, many Americans don't know much about Scott Morrison, who he is or why that's significant. And um, they certainly don't know about what happened with you and your ministry. Uh, So um, I wanna go there and I I wanna let you tell that story. Yeah, and let me just say this, that um, being a prophet, um, you know, I mean, I've been accused of being a prophet once or twice, but I've grown into, I mean, it's not necessarily being accurate. I mean, that's part of it. Um, but it's good to miss it as a prophet every now and then, because that means you're not getting your resources from anywhere else. So every now and then, because it says we prophesy in part, uh, but if you're very accurate, then, you know, uh, that's a sign of a good prophet, but really, um, uh, another sign is actually equipping the body to hear the voice of God. That's a, a, a real true function of uh, of a prophet in this in this era and this new covenant era is to equip people to hear and raise up prophets and help them and mentor them as well. But for but the office of a prophet, a true governmental role of a prophet is operating in the office, which is different to the spirit of God coming down on a congregation and they can edify and equip and. They can, uh, you know, bring exhortation and comfort, but the office of a prophet can is a different role. Uh, and it says in Ephesians eight that, um, sorry, Ephesians four eight it says that God ascended to heaven and He gave gifts. All right, and we basically, you know, we're we're in a place of ascension when you're operating in a prophet role, prophetic role uh, in the office, and you can speak to, you have authority to speak to leaders. All right. Have an authority to speak into their lives, and um, I'm sort of kind of growing in that. And what happened was I was uh, uh, getting t- to Scott Morrison last year, uh, last September. Uh, before that, there was a lot of infighting in Parliament, and uh, uh, we had a uh, we had uh, with the Liberal Party. Now, just listen to this: the Liberal Party is like. Is like the Republicans and the Labour Party is the left side. Okay, it's like the Democrats. So I know the Liberals are probably different for you guys in America, but the Liberal Party is the Republicans. The Labour Party is the Democrats. Yep, it's the uh, exact opposite for you guys with your the way you define your words. Yeah, political party. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. very confusing Americans. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like it's a bit like entree and main course, same sort of thing. It's different with America than Australia. <laughs> so. Um, what happens is that um, there was a lot of infighting and uh, uh, for 10 years, there's a lot of infighting and they always had to sort of, in the middle of a, in the middle of a term, they choose a prime minister. They're not happy with the prime minister. They shut him down and get a new one within the parties, right? And it's been a real shambles for the last 10 years. Recently, Scott Morrison has actually shut that down when you can't do that anymore, which is good because it's just become a joke. But the last one that actually happened where um, there was a lot of infighting and, and there was a bit concern for the next election where the Liberal Party, the Republicans, are going to uh, fail the next election. So they choose a new prime minister. And uh, some of these guys weren't really switched on and they weren't really godly people. They were just really messed up and they were... They were candidates to be able to become this prime minister and people going, <laughs> but out of the blue, out of the nowhere, this man called Scott Morrison, which, you know, if you're into politics, you probably would know who he is. 
if you're into Australian politics, but I didn't know who he who he was, and and uh, the general public wouldn't have known who he was. But out of the blue, this man called Scott Morrison got chosen to become prime minister because there's just such a lot of infighting, and they were really they were really slandering each other and throwing each other under the bus. But Scott Morrison was just like silent, silent as a lamb. He didn't say anything. He was just, you know, he applied for it. He was involved. But then he got chosen. And it was the, at that time, there was a lot of Christians fasting and praying for the, the nation, praying for the for parliament, praying for the leaders, fasting and praying. So Scott Morrison became a prime minister, born again, Holy Ghost man, loves the Lord. And a lot of Christians say, wow, this is fantastic. We've been fasting, we've been praying, this is awesome. And it was a bit controversial, but hey, and, there was, and straight away they're mocking him, showing this is our new prime minister seeing him at church like this. You know, the media is doing all that sort of stuff, trying to sort of undermine him. But fantastic, there's a born-again prime minister. But still, the battle hasn't been won yet because there's the election coming up. Right? So to get to the point, I was, uh, we were touring around, we're doing a tour in Australia. We always do a tour around February. March in Australia and New Zealand and I was in Melbourne and I woke up at 4.30am with a vision encounter and I get a lot of these vision encounters where you sort of lie there and bang you get this, you feel like you're there but I saw a foot stop a door from being shut, somebody's foot like that and the Lord said to me that um, in the spirit we've got to celebrate but in the natural the battle hasn't been won yet it's not time to celebrate in the natural right? because the body of Christ needs to come together, put aside its differences and all the body of Christ come together and pray. Mm. And I thought, oh, in the na- to me, I thought all the body of Christ come together and putting aside its differences and pray, that's almost a dramatic miracle in my eyes because no, that, doesn't, that doesn't happen, you know. I mean, I'm not being negative, but that's just kind of a reality if you want to think about things in the natural I thought, wow, that's a bit of a pretty full-on word. So I sort of struggled with it because it sounded a bit like, okay, everybody's got to, you know, put aside their differences and come together and pray. It sounded a bit like a cliche type of thing. But I released this word. The Lord said, go, do it. So I released this word in Melbourne. I said, I had a vision at 4.30 a.m. this morning, a foot stopping the door. And the word of the Lord came to me and said that the body of Christ needs to put aside its differences come together and intercede for this next election and pray. Because I said, and the Lord said more, he said that um, if the prime minister doesn't come, become uh, prime minister of the next election, doesn't get re-elected, then darkness is going to come to the nation of Australia because the left wing are trying to, well, are going to try and change the laws of freedom of speech in the next election. And they're going to enhance the teaching, uh, even they're going to, they're doing full term abortions, like you know, really crazy stuff like this. And even with the education, they're going to change all that when it comes to a lot of perversion going on now with, you know, with all this political correctness. And so the Lord said, darkness is going to come if Scott Morrison doesn't get reelected. So you need to pray. And then I said, revival, the Lord said to me, the revival's coming to this nation. It's a great Southland of the Holy Spirit. It's been prophesied by Smith Oldersworth and others 
the great south land of the Holy Spirit is going to come. It's either the easy way or the hard way. What do you want? The easy way or the hard way? And I said this at the church. And then I moved on. We all pray, you know, praying down in the spirit. We all, I said this publicly. Then we go to, we go to New Zealand in Christchurch. We've got this another conference. I'm on my own business, just reading the news, having a cup of coffee, and then somewhere <coughs> like that. It's like headlines. <laughs> just the headlines with the Guardian saying Pentecostal. Pentecostal leader says if Scott Morrison doesn't come in, darkness is coming to Australia. And then <laughs> I'm sort of like, you know, the old Warner Brothers cartoon, sort of, eh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, I basically just said to Adrian, because Adrian Bill, the co-author of the Divinity Code, and he's a great teacher, he was involved too. They mentioned his name. So what they did, though, the weird thing is they released the prophetic word I had, the whole word in the Guardian, without saying it was wrong or bad or good. They're saying this is what this prophet said, word for word, and that was it. They didn't say, ah, yeah. And there was other, there were other news articles. There's about five or six other news articles, or even in different nations, doing the same thing, but then they, a lot of these left-wing papers were knocking it and really mocking it and twisting it. And, right? So there's a bit of that. But the Guardian was the main one. Just released the word from word to word. And he said this and he said that. He said, but every all the churches need to pray. But then the next day, we had this hate mail. There was a tsunami of mail coming in. People like death threats. And just, it was crazy. Uh, so the long story short, it actually, uh, the good thing is people actually got together and came together and really did come together and pray for the nation. Uh, Margaret Court, who's one of the uh, greatest legends of tennis, she's now a pastor. She said the same thing. She sort of backed the word and said, we need to pray for, for the next election. So all these, all the believers came together and intercede and pray and the amazing thing is there was such a, it was kind of like Trump's election. They really predicted that uh, uh, that the Labor Democrats were going to win. It was kind of obvious. The everyone was like saying, you know, it's, it's going to be easy. It's a no-brainer. But what happened, there was a major swing that took place that freaked everybody out. And Scott Morrison got re-elected. The Liberal Party came in and at, at the evening gathering when they actually had the victory, he said publicly, he said, you know what? I believe in miracles. Yes, he did. He said, he said isn't Australia good? I believe in miracles. And he said it a few times. And the next day, that, that, that night, they said, what are you going to do tomorrow? I'm going to go to church. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, it's, but it's amazing how... The power of prayer and God, you know, God speaks to us. And that's what you call a governmental role to actually change atmospheres, dismantle principalities, call the body of Christ to come together and to see, you know. And I really believe America, uh, with this next election, that needs to happen again. It's coming up. Yes, it does. And, um, you know, like they're, they're doing everything that they can to try to wiggle their way out of it. Um, but we're, uh, we're going to pray. Adam, 
you know, there's a conference coming up in Australia. And I want to be sure to plug that um, sure. before sure. we close or go anywhere else. Um, because you're going to be there and I'm going to be there. To it. It's going to be great. <laughs> so, uh, folks, there's a conference. If you happen to be in the Brisbane area or in Australia in the general sense, um, it's called Elijah Fire. Your book is called The Elijah Invitation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 this conference is coming up there is a link in the bottom of this program folks and you can just go to the link if you would like to register you'll actually be able to get a small discount at that link if you would like to register for that conference um because we believe that god's gonna move and there's a company of yeah. people that's gonna be equipped and yeah empowered. it's an organization called fire starters that are putting it on paul signary and pamela uh, we've been invited, but I was really, uh, you know, really blessed to hear that they really wanted to uh, uh, to have you, and they wanted to know how to get you. And I, I said, "Hey, I'm I'm friends with Dan," and it all came together. So it's going to be an amazing weekend. There's another Australian prophet called Failing Sparks, who's quite well known, very well known, and she's very accurate. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend. Uh, we usually have a lot of fun and a lot of people. There's lives are changed when we do these conferences, lives are transformed and changed. And, and the, the thing is, is not, and I say this, we, we do conferences where we don't go in there just to demonstrate power and, and see the display of healings and that. And then they walk away and go, that was nice. It's, a, it's about equipping people to do the same and go beyond what even what we've done. And that's our heart. So um, I'm really, really blessed to hear that you're coming to this one, Daniel. So it'll be awesome. Well, I am blessed to be invited. Yeah. Uh, Adam, this has been really good. Um, your book is called The Elijah Invitation. Invitation. Is there anything else that you There's want a, folks to know before we... Okay. It's, it's in a form of... Uh, you can purchase the book as a hard copy. You can get an e-book, but also there's an audio book as well if you want to listen to it in the car. Um, but um, we are also doing a book on angels. Adrian and Bill and I have finished a book on angels, The Divinity Code to Understanding Angels. I think that's the title. It may change slightly, but that's through Destiny Image. Uh, and we are going to be releasing that as well. So keep your ear and your eye out for that one. And um, uh, But, um, um, you know, I'm really, uh, really blessed to be able to be on your show, Daniel, and... Uh, I think when you came to, I really loved it when you came to our church, the church that I was involved with planning with, with Todd Weatherly in, in Adelaide called Field of Dreams. Uh, the people loved you and you really, um, I think they're itching for you to come back. So uh, you really, you really blessed our country, mate. <laughs> well, the good news is when I come back for Brisbane um, the next weekend, I will be back. And so uh, you're going to be in Adelaide uh, the following week in first week of March at Field of Dreams. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Field of uh, Dreams is an amazing church. It's, a, it's really a, it's a supernatural church. If you want to get your toupee blown off or you want to get a revelation, just, you know, Field of Dreams is an amazing church. And Dan's been ministering there and we had a great weekend. So. Yeah, so I want to encourage you to be there when Dan comes back. 
Thank you, Adam. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I just so appreciate you and your ministry, your prophetic mantle. I just honor that. And thank you, sir. Uh, I thank you for taking the time to sit on here with me and chat about these things. And so, uh, again, folks, uh, Adam's website, voiceoffireministries.org. And until next time, God bless and God speaks. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at brideministriesinternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.